Hey friends, this is Fun Therapy, and my name is Mike Foster. And together on this podcast, we're going to dive into the messy and not so perfect parts of our stories. And we're going to do it with a smile. You see, I believe out of our pain comes real power, potent power. And that power can be used to either destroy our lives or to transform the world. The power of pain can hold us in captivity or be leveraged to free others. Friends, what would it look like right now for you to access that power, to to love strongly, to give bravely, to tap this sacred power inside of you, and to finally realize its potential, and to stop using the power of your pain to tear yourself down, and you use the power from your pain to build others up. My name is Mike Foster, and this is Fun Therapy. Well, friends, I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm really excited for you to hear my conversation with Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. It is a good one. I think you're going to find it very, very helpful for your life. And before we get there, I want to just remind you, I I don't usually talk about this that much, but I have... uh, a guided video series for couples called Extraordinary Couples. And I did it with my wife, Jennifer. It's been out for a few months now. But if you are in a relationship, this is a great resource for you. It's a guided video series that is fun and easy and will help you improve communication and create intimacy and honestly just build a more satisfying relationship right now. And the lessons are fast-paced. They're practical. They're, they're based on key research and, and the work that I've been doing for almost 15 years now. And if you want to have a successful relationship, but maybe don't have a lot of time to work on your relationship, this, uh, this video series is perfect for you. So I want to encourage you to get it. It's for dating, engaged, and married couples. And you can learn more at extraordinarycouples.net, extraordinarycouples.net. Or you just go to my website at mikefoster.tv. Also, want to say thanks for leaving reviews on iTunes. That is a great way to support this work and the podcast. And so I just want to say thanks for everyone who has done that. If you haven't done that, please take a moment and just leave a, you know, stars, some stars or some comments, whatever, however you want to leave a review or rating, just go ahead and do that. I wanted to read uh, this one. It says, my happy place. This one came in last week. It says, I look forward to my 40-minute commute to work because I get time to listen to these wonderful lessons that have started to transform the way I see life and myself. Love it. Love it. Um, CJ says, not your normal podcast. Uh, Very inspired by Mike. Soothing the ears, comforting the heart, and inspiring the mind. That should just be your new tagline for fun therapy. I like that. Soothing the ears, comforting the heart, and inspiring the mind. Awesome. Also, uh, let's make sure to connect on Instagram for daily inspiration to help you live fully alive. Mike Foster 2000. I'm Mike Foster 2000 on Instagram. If you're posting about fun therapy, make sure to tag me in it so I can hit you back and say thanks. And also, I want to remind you, I've got a Rescue Academy training for coming up uh, July 18th and 19th. And this is for anybody who is 
a heart healer, wanting to coach and counsel people well. It's a, it's a training that will give you every tool that you might need to have a successful conversation. And whether you're leading in the workplace, leading in your friend group, maybe leading your family, this is a this is a training workshop that is super helpful. I've been doing it for three years now and I love it. So come see me in July. You can learn more about that at rescueacademy.com. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, I'm so excited to have Lauren Scruggs Kennedy on this episode. First off, I just gotta say, she's one of the kindest and most gracious people I think I've ever met. She's a lifestyle blogger, igniting honest talk about healthy living and clean beauty and so much more. She's also the author of two books, Still Lolo, and her second book, Your Beautiful Heart. She has a new product called Clean Sweep, which is a guidebook for clean living, where she talks about food and products and different healthy practices. It's a great resource. I'll talk a little bit more at the end of this episode. But in December of 2011, Lauren was involved in a horrible accident that uh, involved her accidentally walking into an airplane spinning propeller and she lost her left eye and severed her left hand after exiting the plane in the dark. And so in this session, we talk about the struggle right now of building friendships in a new city, in a new place, what it means to be fully known and not feeling completely safe in this season. I hope you enjoy this episode of Fun Therapy with Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. I've never been the type that craves like girls nights or anything like that. Cause I always just had a few really close friends and then my family and my sister and was always so content with my community there. And, um, I feel like here it's, yeah, I, I feel like it's just mixing knowing how to be a friend, but also knowing like my personality is not the type to be like, we go out with some girls and just hang out at night like that's so not me and so it's kind of like how do I blend who I am and also just the necessity of creating these friendships and learning how to do that and how do I do that and also just yeah I think it's just like a huge learning process I don't know if that makes sense it does and kind of what I'm I'm sensing or feeling just as you describe that is that maybe um there's, it feels like there's a lot, a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself. Um, you know, maybe there's an ex- expectation of how friendship and relationships look like in LA, and you know what that vibe is, and what or how you're supposed to show up in those spaces and those events or whatever it might be. But then there's the truth of how you know you are wired and your your desires and your needs and the things that um, might be different than that. And so it's kind of like, Hey, how do I, how do I fit in here? Yes, for sure. And I think a lot of it too is coming in and Jason's been here for 14 years in LA and I've been here for about four and a half. And so he's just so incredible at creating community and he's put so much intention into that, which is such a gift and, I, one of my favorite qualities about him. Um, but I think too, also coming into a place where he has friends that feel like family to him and they, it took me time for some of those people to feel like family and just, so 
it's almost like he's way ahead of me in like the depth of relationship here. Sorry. My gosh. My phone's on silent somewhere, but my phone is picking up the um call. No worries. Um so um I think it's more that like he had just such deep friendships created, which is so incredible and all that. But it's like, um, how do I like work off that? And how do I create like girl friendships? And it's more, it just takes like a lot of effort as well, um, which is great. But I think when you're going through huge life changes, even just moving to a new city and all of that, it was hard for me um, to just, I was putting forth some energy, but also being fully who I am, as we were kind of mentioning, and just I'm more of a homebody, and I love hanging out at home and not going out and doing a lot. During the days, I I love doing that, but not as much as at night. And then, so doing that, but also um, realizing how important it was. And then I was also going through fatigue physically and um, just even more healing emotionally just from moving and triggers from my accident and all of that. So I think, I don't know, all of that combined made it just like more of a tough scenario. Um, but yeah, it's created a lot of growth, which is amazing. But I think, yeah, it's been a process. So what would you, so to me, as I'm listening, I'm just kind of eavesdropping on on what's going on in your world and, and sort of the expectations or the, the pressures of friendship and the pressures of, you know, working at a certain pace of, of life. Um, you know, what would you say is, is like, what, what does Lauren need right now? And like, yeah. not, not what, you know, try to fit into Jason's, model of friendship or try to catch up, you know, in, in, um, you know, you've only been there a few years, he's been there many more, you know, what, like, but what do you need in this season? And have you clearly defined that for yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting question because Jason and I were talking about it too. And I think part of it, um, I keep bringing up the surgery weekend because, I think it defined a lot for me actually um, of just certain needs that I might have. And one example is, so my really good couple of friends, they're so precious and they came to spend the night with me the first night um, and they didn't come over until like 1030. And it just was like, which is not a big deal at all. But for me, I was thinking even just my closest, closest friends that have known me forever, they're just like, they know that I'm asleep by like 10 and I also, I struggle with like fear and I have been struggling with fear recently in our, um, which is another whole thing. But, um, yeah, I just felt like, man, if Anna, and I was like, trying so hard not to compare, but I'm like, if Anna or Shannon were here, like, or my sister or my mom, they'd be like, I will be there at six. Like, we're going to make dinner together. We're going to watch friends. We're going to do all this stuff. And I think it was just a feeling of like, I don't feel fully known. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of this can seem like a bit, I hope it doesn't sound a bit selfish because it's not coming from that place. It's more just like the difference of the friendships that I experience in my life or just the people that are so close to me that I think 
trigger the homesickness of um, just like almost people understanding your needs. I think I've I've had a lot of friends like that where we both on either side understand each other's needs. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not having to say like, hey, Anna can, I don't know. She just gets me and I get her and I'm like, if she had a surgery or if she had a situation where she was in need, I, I would know exactly what to do to help her and I would know all that. So I, I feel like here I don't I don't have that. I don't have people that really get me to that level. Um which I which I'm curious because one of the things that you use as you're describing that that particular situation of friends coming over at ten thirty, which is kinda late in my book too. But as you're describing that, you 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 said that 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 was okay. You know, it's not that big a deal. So you know, they come over like maybe people do that all the time. But mm-hmm. but clearly, like for you, that wasn't okay, mm-hmm. and and that isn't the way that you you're in bed by ten. You're not entertaining uh, guests at ten ten o'clock, or someone's not popping in the house at ten o'clock. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, like. Are you communicating clearly your needs and your boundaries mm-hmm. and you know what's required for you to these relationships? I think hmm, probably not. I think a lot of it too is it's interesting because they do know me in that way. Like I think that's where it kind of maybe is slightly confusing because I'm like, they know I'm in bed by 10 and they know like they'll call Jason sometimes and they're like, and I'm just fast asleep. Um, or we just kind of joke about it and things like that. But so I think part of it is, I think I've been used to friendships in the past where they are the friends and even my family that help me grasp my own needs and my own feelings. And they're the ones that talk it through with me to help me understand myself. (laughs) Um, so I feel like I probably haven't even learned how to communicate like, hey, do you mind coming over at this time? Or part of it too is they had some things they needed to get done. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be like, I need you to stop that and come, you know, you know, I don't know, care for me or whatever. I, I think I'm just, I'm very big about that too. It's just like they have their life and they're being so nice to come over here. One of the things that struck me about Lauren from the very beginning of our conversation was how kind and thoughtful she was, accommodating. It is a true strength within her. But sometimes when we're wired this way, we can overlook or compromise our own needs. Los Angeles is a unique place. It oozes with hustle, schedules are impacted. Friendship is difficult. And so there's this tension. Lauren wants to build meaningful friendships in an inherently difficult setting. But also she has her unique wiring and her unique needs and it doesn't quite fit into the LA lifestyle. And typically what happens is we'll compromise ourselves to fit in. We comply. We take what we can get. So let me ask you, what would friendship look like if you clearly communicated your needs to your friends. Would you lose friends? Would you be judged? 
Would they be confused by your request? Here's what I know. That true, genuine friends are never put out by our needs when they are clearly stated and explained. And that responsibility is always ours. To explain our needs with vulnerability and honesty. That is how we grow true friendship. having a conversation with our friends as we were traveling back from Mexico um, this weekend and she was saying it's really hard for her to accept gifts. We were talking through it a lot and I think I might actually have that same struggle of even accepting care and accepting viewing almost care as a gift. Like I think it's hard for me because I love giving gifts and I love caring for people and I don't know kind of why, maybe you could help me understand why, but it's why I struggle with being cared for. So it's not like I send her flowers to be like, I'm paying you back. It's not that at all. It's more just like, I think her care meant so much to me that I just wanted to be like, thank you so much. And I wanted to show just how much that meant to me. Um, Yes. And, but it's also that same struggle of just like, I don't want to inconvenience you. Uh-huh. you know so I think I struggle with that with people here again you know so let me let me ask you maybe a blunt question do you feel like you're inconveniencing people I think I do but I am not and again it's funny we we're talking about this because we had a scenario come up last night Jason and I and I felt like I was burdening him and I I felt that yeah. recently with um maybe it was after the surgery, the anesthesia that I took made me so tired. And I also just being homesick, I think it's really affected my energy, like both things together. And Jason was just at home like two nights in a row with me and he was just getting antsy, you could tell, but he was also just so happy to be there. And I think in those moments, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm such a pain in the butt. (laughs) Like I am such a burden. And I was saying that to him last night about something. I was like, I'm so sorry if I'm a burden in this way. And he's like, you are so far from a burden. He's like, we are teammates. Like, this is why we're married. Like, this is marriage. Like, I'm in this with you. And even if some things might, you know, be something I'm not dying to do, because I, there's another something that is meaningful that's happening that I would love to be a part of. Like, it might be hard, like, but that doesn't mean you're a burden. He's like, you're my priority. And all this stuff, but he was just saying last night how I can be a little too hard on myself in those ways. And just to, he, he was almost saying like, picture me being really hard on myself like you are right now. And how does that feel when you watch that? And I was like, I don't like that at all. And he's like, exactly. It just, it seems to make sense to you, but when you are watching it, it's just so far from truth. So it was a good conversation, but I I think I struggle with that on an even deeper level with um, friendships here and then I think in my head I just struggle with comparing because I'm like man when I'm home I just don't even think even when I'm around my family friends or my my best friends like I'm not even thinking about how I'm acting like I'm just I'm just who I am and they get me so I don't have to 
describe anything or apologize for anything. Like I'm just fully free. Well, it feels like, it feels like there is in LA a, a belief or a script in your head that says, I'm a burden. I'm, I'm an inconvenience for people where I think the relationships at home in in Dallas, that there, that script doesn't, isn't playing at all, which puts you at ease, but allows you to be exactly who you are and whether you're needy in that moment or funny in that moment, or, you know, whatever you might be that you feel safe to be that where I think maybe, you know, LA feels like, uh, I got to send flowers, even though I'm probably the one who should be receiving flowers right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, maybe it is. It's part of it too. I think when I moved here, um, so I just kind of came in where some people knew me to some degree, just because I would come visit when we were long distance dating, but living here was just so different. And I mean, Jason learned so much more about me and I learned so much more about him and people were learning more about me, but I was trying to hide a lot from people and also was not communicating a lot of my needs to Jason. My fatigue was just on another level when I moved here. Um, to the point where sometimes I couldn't even go to dinner because I would just be like bone tired. And um, I think because of that, my fear of coming here was fear of what other people thought of me or just I would kind of look to other couples that were surrounding us and I'm like, oh my gosh, these wives have energy that's like on another level and I don't. And sometimes that keeps Jason from being able to do as many social things as he would like. And he's super social and extroverted. And I just struggled with that balance of wanting to support him and who he is, but also being like, Hey, I need you. I feel kind of lonely because I don't have anyone here that gets me except for you. And, um, and actually he was getting to know that part of me. So it was even fresh for him. Um, and I think I just had fear in communicating needs because that was just such a growing process for us. And I feel like sometimes he wasn't understanding it fully. So his reaction, he's like the most kind, gentle person, but I think his reaction sometimes would make me feel lonely, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not, not known. Um, and so it, how do you, like when you, when you share your needs with somebody and saying like, hey, here's a need, I'm tired, I can't, I, I, or I can't, I don't have the energy to go out tonight or just whatever the need might be. When you communicate that to either Jason or to a friend or anybody, do you feel bad about that or do you feel um, liberated by that? I feel bad almost mm-hmm. every time. So you and judge, it. You judge feel, that need? For sure. Yes, for sure. This is an important revelation in the conversation for Lauren to say that she judges her needs and feels bad about her needs, to communicate to me that she feels like her needs are burdensome. This is a fundamental issue at play right now in her life. And as long as you and I sit in this place of judgment of what we want and what we need, what we desire, 
these things will never be communicated with strength and the vigor and clarity that they deserve. I often talk to incredibly gifted and loving and positive people who continuously absorb the needs of others, but then harshly judge their own. If your limiting belief right now is that you're a burden, you will always find yourself compromised in a relationship. This is where both self-awareness and self-acceptance must both play a role in our lives. You must clearly know your needs, and then you must lovingly honor and accept that you have these needs. And so we conclude our conversation by visiting something Lauren said earlier in the session about being afraid. And I asked her about that and what did that mean? I think I've always struggled. I've really dug into this in counseling, actually. Um, I think it all stems from when my parents were divorced. My dad, like when we were um, at home with my mom. So my parents lived like five minutes apart. But when you're at home with my mom, just my dad not physically being home, I think just developed this fear in me because I didn't feel, I felt like I had the comfort of my mom, but not the protection Mm. of my dad. And I think here, um, so sorry, when I was growing up, I think my fear always was that we were going to get broken into and, um, or just someone that I loved was going to die. Those were like my biggest things that I, I struggled with when I was little. And I feel like it kind of gets brought up sometimes here. So there were some break-ins in our neighborhood and we live in a really nice, safe neighborhood. And um, it's brought up just a lot of concern and a lot of the people here, like we're more on edge and all of that. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this, my biggest fear is happening around me. And I think that's one big thing, but then also just the fear of being alone and that happening to me or not having my family nearby when something happens or um, just someone close to me dying. It's all, a lot of it is just a fear of being alone. That's what it all stems back to Um, or just going through something else that's traumatic. So this sense of, um, which to me would just heighten this whole relationship thing for you, that if you feel alone, even if you're with people, but if you feel alone, you feel unsafe. Yes, exactly. All the implications of that and the fears that are stoked and the anxiety that is produced. Yeah, it's very, very, very true. Which I think brings up the homesickness. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think part of it is, for like just with family, um, I mean, they're always there, you know. So, and that yeah. that feels to me like through the conversation of friendships and relationships and ten thirty at night pop-ins by friends, the core of all of this is um, you need to feel safe, and right now you don't feel safe. Very true. Very, very true. 
So tell me, yeah, that, and that's a, I mean, that's a whole nother, it's <laughs> a whole nother session, right? But um, let me just ask you the last, this last question. So um, what would make you feel safe in this season? What do you need? Honestly, <laughs> the answer that keeps coming into my mind is just, like having my family nearby and I know that's like not a realistic answer but so why is that not a realistic answer just because we don't live there and they don't live here and I think part of it is that safety that I feel when I'm close to the people that get me and know me and they're always there like even if they're in the middle of an event like they would just they're still there and they're still, they would leave in a second and be there for a need. And I think here it just looks different. And I don't feel like, um, it's like, even with my friends that came to spend the night, it's more, they had to do like two work projects together. And I, I feel like that's just kind of mm -hmm. life here. It's like, there are many more priorities over friendship and relationship, even though those are prioritized to some extent, they're not the main priority um, because there's just so much going on. And so I think that's the biggest. So let me ask you a question. Sure. What would you tell me if I said, I need this to feel safe? What would you, what would you instruct me to do? Um, like if you were. Let's say I need to, I need this person or my mom and dad or to feel more safe what would you tell me to do i don't know what i would tell you it's a really good question well what if i said um i need these things to feel safe and um, i'm going to do those things would would you be okay with that or would you judge me for what that? Seems... Would you go, oh, yeah, oh, that, that's, you're going to be a burden to that, or like, oh, you, that's not possible. Would You would support that, right? Yes, for sure. So let me encourage you. And I, again, it, we can't have mom and dad come live in L.A. That probably won't happen. Yeah. It could, who yeah. knows. But mm -hmm. make choices and to begin to move into places and around people that make you feel safe. Even yeah. if it doesn't make sense, even if it's inconvenient for other people, mm -hmm. but more honor that need. Because mm -hmm. it is your biggest need right now. Yeah, so good. Thank you, Lauren, for opening up to us about your needs and talking about friendships and how important it is for us to feel safe when we are healing. One of the things I love about Lauren is her positivity and her commitment to living a healthy life. She has a new 90-day program called Clean Sweep, which helps you embrace clean living. And she dives into food and different products and healthy practices. And she's gathered everything you need for wellness from her 
own extensive research and personal experience, and she she gives you this understandable and practical ways to improve your health. Uh, you got to check out this program; it's really great, and I think it'd be very helpful uh, for you as a listener. Uh, you can learn more about Clean Sweep, the 90-day program, at Lauren's website at laurenscruggskennedy.com, or I want to invite you to connect with Lauren on Instagram at Lauren Scruggs, at Lauren Scruggs, and uh, she has a great Instagram feed, lots of lots of great insights about food and products, and just lots of good vibes happening at Lauren's uh, website on her blog and uh, the products that she's creating, but also uh, make sure to follow her on Instagram. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Make sure to please uh, share it with your friends and followers. Just screenshot your phone right now and post it. Make sure to tag me in it so I can say thanks. Uh, I'm Mike Foster 2000 on Instagram. Uh, you can also connect with me on Instagram, of course, but uh, also at my website, mikefoster.tv. If you want more information on my workshops or the Extraordinary Couples course that I had mentioned earlier, you can find all of that info at mikefoster.tv. I want to say thanks to Sleeping At Last. You're the best, best music. Thank you for bringing the beauty of your music to this podcast. It wouldn't be the same without you. So thanks, Sleeping at Last. And remember, friends, no matter what has happened in your story, that your setbacks can become your superpowers and honesty is always the best policy. We'll see you next time on the Fun Therapy Podcast. Podcast.